0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. All right, welcome to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and uh, coming to you live on Sirius XM Two Eleven, Dan Patrick Sports, as well as iHeart Radio. Tune in, and of course, a big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network I'm Nick Eber along with Kartik Krishnaya today Kartik great to have you back on a, a day when we look forward to 10 days of snoozable European and international football uh, of course we got football here and concacaf as well uh, when our beloved leagues grind to a halt major league soccer is done and over and we have a champion um, I hate this, but we're going to have a great show anyway because Karthik, we have a lot to talk about today.
1: Yeah, well, you and I were talking uh, before we started the program about uh, uh, about Borussia and Gladbach, and I very instinctively said, "Oh, who are they playing this weekend? They're top of the table in the Bundesliga." Looked it up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There is no football <laughs> this weekend. They're not playing anybody because it's international. Uh, Gladbach, by the way, plays Union Berlin in two weeks. But uh, we've got now 10 more days of this. So I guess we have to make the best of it.
0: Well, we've got a lot of stories to talk about. We will, of course, continue our Premier League discussion, which we started uh, earlier on in the week and then kind of, you know, said we'll pick it up later. We still have to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. We still have to talk about Arsenal Uh, Those are two very, very big stories. I still think Leicester City need a bit of discussion. And I want to talk a bit more about Chelsea as well. So we're going to talk about those teams. Of course, I also want to talk about Lionel Messi, the old maestro. I mean, he's old. To me, he's a kid. But, I mean, for a footballer, he's reaching the end of his career. And to see him do the things he does uh, still today, he he shifted his game and changed it with age. Very, I mean, he really is. uh, He is a maestro. Uh, There's no other word, really. Plus Kartik. We need to talk about some other stories. Zlatan Ibrahimović says goodbye to Major League Soccer and the LA Galaxy as only Zlatan Kain, and I want to mention that as well. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the MLS Cup. Well, let's talk about the Champions League. This, to me, is a huge story. Turner Broadcasting and Bleacher Report, the bane of my existence, did not win the bid For the next round of the Champions League. It's going to be going to CBS. Kartik, you and I will talk about what that means. All right, those are the topics on the table. We are live. Give us a call. Hi, Kerry. Hope you're listening out there. Give us a call. 800 878 7529 in the studio. We'll be right back after this. really know, you know, what to wear, because my stuff's really old and disgusting. I want to tell you about a new thing I found. It's really cool. It's this uh, clothing called Vuri, V-U-O-R-I. It's a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Everything's designed to work out in, but it doesn't really look or feel like it. It's really comfortable. I recommend this stuff highly. It's also, by the way, perfect for travel. You know, nowadays, everyone basically likes to travel in thongs. This is not a thong. This is great looking workout stuff, really really comfortable. Uh they got super they got really cool shorts and sweatpants, great stuff. Viori is an investment in your happiness and they are offering 20% off both to Sports Byline listeners and if you're listening on the podcast to Believe podcast listeners when you go to vioriclothing.com and enter the code BELIEVE BLEAV at checkout. That's v u o r i clothing dot com. Not only will you receive twenty percent off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over seventy-five bucks plus free returns. Go to viori v u o r i clothing dot com and discover the versatility of yuri clothing. Yep, absolutely. And Kartik, uh, you'll be getting
1: some of that yourself. I certainly will be. That's a uh, that's something uh, traveling, picking clothes to travel. It, it, and keep comfortable is the most difficult thing out there it's really tough yeah it really is
0: um and of course it's always funny for me when I hear these uh footballers complaining about travel you know I, this is my favorite thing I mean Kartik, look you, you you work at Miami FC or you know well yeah. at least for a while and yeah. uh you know Miami FC is a what third division club uh, obviously. We're third
1: division now. We are in the second division, but due to the politics, right, and now, the de-tacking of the NASL, we are in the third division now. Yeah.
0: So when Miami FC has to go to play a game, how do how do
1: these guys go? Okay, so I travel with the team, so I can tell you what we do. We travel. We travel in uh, full. Uh, kind of, it's not a kit. I, I say we're all kitted up, but it, um, sweatpants. Which are from our uh, our apparel company. Our uh, Macron is who we use. Who, who, uh, that's the right. uh, that that's the uh, company we have now. Uh, we might change next year, but we've had Macron for four seasons now. Um, and then Macron jacket, uh, a training training jacket, uh, and uh, tra- training sweatpants. Macron sweatpants, which but, are super comfortable. Uh, my, our ro- la- last road trip was to Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and I, I travel all kitted out with the club. But you didn't go in a bus. I can't tell you how comfortable those uh, sweatpants were. Did, Amazing. Did you, go, did you go in a bus? So, yeah. So uh, we drive ourselves to the airport. We fly as a team. We then take a bus as a team. From the airport to a hotel, the bus stays with us all weekend and we go we go to training the day before the match uh, at the training ground uh, or at the actually sorry we, we always train the day before the match at the at the opposing team stadium that 's the courtesy that they 're supposed to give us by bus uh, come back yeah so it's it 's a, a fifty six uh, seat coach so when we when we play locally uh, within the state of Florida and we bus, do bus trips to Jacksonville, Tampa, wherever, Orlando, um, we have extra seats on the bus. So we're able to take people with us. We're able to take more staff than we would normally travel with. But the way we travel is um, with with the, with the apparel. With and the, when uh, you
0: fly, what, what do you fly, like Frontier or Southwest or have you?
1: No, uh, well, we've been flying American. But, yeah, at times we've flown – we were – uh, we're looking to maybe switch to JetBlue next year. Um, now, I think it's personally, and, and this is this is me editorializing a bit, um, from my experience at the NASL, at the league, it was much uh, more efficient to have our teams fly Southwest uh, because uh, Southwest doesn't charge you for, uh, for your first bag of luggage, your first couple of things of luggage, and uh, Southwest has uh, – their change fees are much more generous, so uh, if you because you don 't know who your traveling party with the team is right right you right. you're taking eighteen uh, players the staff the staff is always the same right so you can give those names uh, to the airline, but the eighteen changes. What if a guy gets hurt in training the day before you fly out? what if uh, um, there's a disciplinary issue and you're benching guy? What if uh, you just want to take someone else on the trip um, so you change names often and uh american delta united they tend to be more punitive about those things than southwest all right well
0: now you know how to travel in style kartik travel in style all right well let's get to some football shall we because um i want to start with this Latan issue it's not an issue he just his two years was up at the galaxy and they offered him a two-year contract and he politely said uh no, he very funnily. I mean, look, I love Zlatan. Uh, the guy came to Major League Soccer at thirty-six years old. He scored fifty-two goals in fifty-three starts for the Galaxy. Think about that for just a minute, okay? Yep. Let that let that sink in, all right? And then uh, he put out a, a wonderful tweet today, as only Zlatan can. By the way, I don't know. If, did you see it, Kartik? I
1: did not see the tweet, he but said, I know everybody's talking he, about it. He
0: said, "I came, I saw, I conquered." Thank you LA Galaxy for making me feel alive again to the Galaxy fans you wanted Zlatan I gave you Zlatan you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome the story continues now go back to watch baseball <laughs> 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 I love this guy you know for a lot of for a lot of reasons first of all this is a sort of Corporate – Don. this guy probably has kept Don Garber up at night in cold sweats, okay? This man has <laughs> been a living nightmare for Don Garber, but an addiction because he has brought a lot to MLS. And I think he's given MLS fans a real taste of what truly high-level football – is like on a day-to-day basis as a fan and i, and I don't mean to be condescending here because i, I mean that's the last thing i want to be uh because you know fans of your team love your team no matter where your team is okay um and guys like me Kartik, who have seen the greatest teams on the world play in person through the ages right uh you know i'm yep. spoilt. But, you know, when you go see an MLS game and, yeah, there's a couple of guys that maybe could become something and some journeyman players, you're not seeing that sort of adrenaline rush. You're not seeing that incredible history that the ultimate reality show, I call it. You know, it's guys like Zlatan that put on the ultimate reality show. And I think he brought a taste of that uh, very much like I think Wayne Rooney did when he first arrived uh, in MLS, you know, kind of tore it up. I mean, but Zlatan's, quote, tearing it up has been consistent. He's been consistently tearing it up. Fifty-eight goals, 52 goals in 53 starts is it's really an astounding number. As he ages, he's 38 years old. He's wanted by AC Milan or Bologna in Italy right now. Both of those uh, sides want him. I think he wants to go give European football another run. And, you know, listen, there's a lot to really admire about Zlatan Ibrahimovic.
1: Yeah, there is and uh uh he's got tiger blood, right or lion blood, what was it? He, what was his quote right. a couple of years ago? I mean, he just he keeps going at this age, even after a yeah. ACL injury that would have ended most careers at 35, he bounces back um and he's uh he's in incredible shape, he's incredibly fit and he maintains his edge because of his attitude. Uh, I know it might irk some MLS people, but this is what a winner is. Okay, right. you want you. to see American soccer progress? You want to see MLS become a more competitive league on the in the global marketplace? Take lessons from Zlatan. Don't mock him. That's right. Uh, in fact, this is the only place in the world he's being mocked because we have some very insecure people around. We, we uh, really American do. soccer. We, we, as I'm and, sure you can attest to.
0: And it's ridiculous. I mean, again, n- n- no more evident than in the backlash against Frank Lampard when he wasn't cr- playing Christian Pulisic. I was actually talking about this with Bob today uh yep. and we're going to have Bob on our, our attorney uh, uh our America's top soccer attorney we'll have him on the show next week you know how the fans just had this incredible backlash against Frank Lampard because he was saying <laughs> yeah. Pulisic isn't good enough right now he's not training hard enough he's not doing it right and he you know he he took him back to the training uh, pitch uh, uh, christian Pulisic, to his 100% to his credit buckled down didn't get depressed you know, we did get depressed, but buckled down and did what he did. Listen to Frank Lampard and look at him now. He is a real re- revelation out there. You know, it, it, this is not. Okay, well, let's pick this up on the other side of the break because we have to go to break. But this is a great topic and I want to pick this up. And we're just having kind of a, a free thought, train of thought type of show today because it is the international break. And quite frankly, the matches tomorrow are so god darn dull. There's just no point, really, even in talking about him. All right, we'll be right back after this. Put it in the toast, sex and drugs and rock and roll. All right, well, with the international break on, it's uh, very uh, easy to fall into the sex and drugs and rock and roll lifestyle cartic because there's not. Compelling football for us to watch each and every day. Welcome back to the show, history, soccer, Nikki, Kartik Krishna with you here on this uh, um, week of international football, Kartik. Bit of a snoozer the week for sure, after what has been, I think, the most exciting weekend so far in the Premier League. Before the break, we were talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic and uh, what a revelation he's been, and then and then we kind of segue to the discussion of the insecurity of certain american soccer fans and i agree with you Kartik. i think there is a sort of a real insecurity complex about american soccer fans and i think they need to
1: knock it off yeah i i think they they actually embarrass themselves in the process you know that because it shows that they don't have any sort of real perspective global perspective on this sport and it calls into question their credibility and their ability to analyze uh, football as a whole and to analyze even football matches and keep them in their proper perspective and the quality of players in MLS or CONCACAF or the quality of American players abroad. Uh, And that insecurity rears its ugly head all the time. And and I thought we were getting past it a few years ago. and, And what we've seen since the U.S. missed the World Cup, in 2018, I uh, crashed out in qualifying. October 2017 is the insecurity getting worse than ever. Uh, but actually, the insecurity was pretty bad. I had I had endless debates with people the weekend of. Uh, that after the U.S. beaten Panama on a Friday night in Orlando 4-0 and just needed a point in Trinidad, right, to, to, to get to right. the World Cup. I had endless discussions with people who were in the soccer media uh, who claimed that the U.S. could qualify from half the groups in UEFA and that they would at least make the playoffs from common from, uh, the Ball. Now, in, in reality, in Kamen the Ball, they'd probably finish last. Um, and in U- UEFA, I don't think they'd make the playoffs in any of those groups.
0: Oh well, the sad thing is, is that because CONCACAF is such an incredibly weak division, uh, you know, we have these discussions, and and there's not a true transcontinental international tournament other than really the World Cup that that's worth its salt in anything, um, right? On an international basis, and then on a club basis, you'll never know whether whether MLS teams will stack against European clubs or or or, or well, maybe you know. Conmebol clubs, absolutely. But you'll never really see where they stack up against European clubs on a club Well, you'll never see where they
1: stack up against Conmebol clubs either because they're not in uh, Copa Libertadores. And uh, because of uh, MLS, they've chosen not to play in Copa America. Now they don't even get the invite. Uh, So we don't know where they stand stand against Conmebol clubs. I I think if MLS clubs went to uh, Copa Libertadores, they'd probably get slaughtered. Okay, let's be honest about it. But I'd like to see it because maybe I'm wrong. And uh, I keep hearing people who are, again, American soccer uh, journalists say, well, if uh, um, U- U.S. teams went to Copa Libertadores, they'd be quite successful. The South American clubs, uh, uh, River Plate, Boca, they'd have a hard time uh, traveling to the U.S. because it's, it's a long trip, which it certainly is. Well, it's uh, a long we, trip to we, we Ecuador, too. Yeah, I mean, it's well, a long trip to Ecuador. It's a long trip to right, Peru. It's a long trip to Colombia also, <laughs> yeah, it's right? It's a long you trip to Colombia. Did you, you think uh, River would have trouble against an MLS team? I'm just asking you. I don't know. I, well, I... you know, maybe. Uh, yeah. It's possible. I mean, uh,
0: you know, Boca, River, um, they're great clubs. They're historical clubs. They're clubs with, you know, with pedigree. Does it mean that year in, year out, Boca River would be better than you know, uh, LAFC or Atlanta or, you know, Seattle, current MLS champions. It, it's, no. I mean, it, I
1: tell you what, it wouldn't be an embarrassment. No, and this is why it would be good to see them test themselves in, in, in such an environment. Maybe they crash and burn, but maybe there's a, there's an upset here or there. The thing we do know, uh, Nick, is that in the now 10 years of the CONCACAF Champions League, And MLS club has still not won it. so True. uh, They have to get past Mexican clubs. They've gotten close a couple times. Uh, And it's frustrating because they've they've been close, but they haven't gotten there yet. The
0: difference, though, honestly, is that day in, day out, uh, Liga MX is infinitely more competitive than Major League Soccer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, the season's longer. It's more competitive. Of course, they have two seasons, but, uh, you know, a year. Um, And... I think that it's not necessarily the makeup of the quality of the players on the team that presents an issue it's they're not forged in the uh they're not forged in the fire of that sort of really tough competition I you know I listen I'm I'm going to be I have nothing against major league soccer players teams the followers you know a problem I have is with ownership is with is with, you know, ownership and structure and and, and lack of what I perceive to be a a reasonably competitive season, or really any season, because it's meaningless. It's just, you know, those are the problems that I have. Uh, There are some good, good teams in MLS. Look, the best team in the world right now on this planet is Liverpool, hands down. Kartik, would you agree with me? Yeah. I mean, I think Liverpool, to be fair, are actually... At a completely different level. And I'm talking about at a different level to the Manchester City, at a different level to Barcelona, at a different level to Real Madrid. Now, look, it doesn't mean they're going to go win the Champions League, don't get me wrong, because in any particular competition, things can happen. Uh, But, you know, MLS teams won't stack up with Liverpool. They won't stack up with Barcelona. They won't stack up with Man City. Um And the list goes on because, you know, it's just different levels. Does it mean it's not worth watching? No. Does it mean it's not worth for that reason? Does it mean it's not worth following your team because they're your your home team? No, of course not. But, uh, you know, but the problem that MLS has is there's nothing compelling about me to make me watch it when I don't even have a team. I mean, my team really is the L.A. Galaxy because I used to work for them. Okay, and I used to live in L.A. And I was there when Home Depot Center opened and we moved from the Rose Bowl. So I mean I suppose the Galaxy are my team, um to a degree nowadays, but I don't watch any I won't watch Toronto play Atlanta on TV. Why would I?
1: Why would you, Kartic? I would not. I mean, so this is it. There's no context, there's no relevance to most of these matches. And this affects the ratings and the general interest of uh uh I, I mean, I've told this story over and over again on World Soccer Talk. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it again. I go to an Orlando game, and I hang out with the Orlando fans and have a great time with their supporters group. Um, I, I stay in town. The next morning, there was a uh, – the next day, there was a game, match between Sporting Kansas City and Seattle on. Or or maybe it wasn't that match. It was was a matchup like that, two prominent teams on at the same time as a Bundesliga game. I thought I was doing the patriotic thing because I'm among MLS fans saying, hey, yeah, I I like uh, European football. But let's not watch that Bundesliga game on – it was on Fox or FS1 or whatever. Let's watch this MLS game. And everybody laughed at me. They said, no, we're going to turn on the Bayern game. So even these right. diehard in the wolf fans who go to every MLS match are part of supp- uh, the supporters group uh, for one of the most passionately followed clubs are telling me, I'll watch. Uh, let's watch the Bayern game. Uh, we don't want to watch uh, 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 another game in our league. They don't give a damn unless their team is playing. Right. This is a fundamental problem. And that's MLS why, has and that's why and the ratings are terrible the TV
0: ratings. That's why the ratings yeah. suck. Yeah. Look, let, but let right. me give it. And I, I think I mentioned this on on Monday. Uh, you weren't on the show you know the, there were a number of matches that i really look forward to this past weekend in the premier league obviously liverpool city was a huge one right you know who wouldn't want to see you know the two giants battling it out right but quite honestly the other matches were even more intriguing to me norwich watford last friday had me absolutely riveted. I mean, the storylines, right? Norwich coming up from the Championship, not making any changes, having a decent early run, but then completely crapping out, finding itself outclassed yeah. and outgunned in the relegation zone. Watford overperforming, underperforming, um, without a win. You know, those storylines compelled me to watch it because that's a relegation six-pointer, and we had another relegation six-pointer, right? We had Everton against yeah. Southampton. I mean, you had. We had two relegation six-pointers, uh, week 12 of the Premier League, a compelling match. We had Spurs and Sheffield United. The storyline, you know, the, the underperforming former runner-up, last year's runner-up of the Champions League against the newly promoted Blades, who are overperforming this season, and then we get a draw at Tottenham Stadium. Leicester Arsenal, Leicester in Arsenal's position, right? I mean, Leicester yeah. sitting in the position that Arsenal fans are are used to being in. Think about all of these storylines we had, Kartik.
1: I mean, think about yeah, that we, for a minute. Uh, We're well, week twelve. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this on the show Monday, and this yeah, is part right. of the. Um, this is part of the reason why MLS doesn't quite get the traction MLS fans expect because there is no relevance to most matchups. There's
0: no relevance to most matchups. Absolutely. So. That's what I want to see out of MLS. When we come back, we've still got a minute and a half, thereabouts a minute. Uh, Let's talk about TNT a little bit because, you know, one of the things that uh, Turner did with the Champions League is to try to make it hipster, to try to forget about the long storied history of the Champions League, forget about those things that make this game so different, and they try to put it through a hipster cookie-cutter mold and try to push out something that looked like, you know, the NBA on TNT or the NCAA tournament. Uh, I thought it was an abject failure. I thought it was terrible. And, uh, Kartik, I want to pick up the discussion on the other side. You're listening to Fifth Street Soccer. Nick Eber and Kartik Krishna with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Um, Dan Patrick, sports also streaming live on iHeartRadio. Tune in and... On the American Forces Radio Network, talking to all of our men and women in uniform. Find us on Twitter. I'm at Nick Geber, N I C K G E B E R. He's at Kartik. No, he's at KKFLA737. Sorry, Kartik. Uh, but you can find us both at Fifth Street Sports on Twitter. All right, we're going to take a break and be back with more right here. Don't go anywhere. Alright, welcome back to the show History Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you. Alright, let's get to it, shall we? Um We were talking about compelling reasons to watch um the Premier League versus, say, Major League Soccer as part of our discussion. But look, let's let's cut right to it, because there are a number of big stories going on. Today Arsene Wenger took a position at FIFA Kartik and um uh, which takes him out of the running for the Bayern Munich job, although I have it on very good authority that Bayern Munich were actually not interested in him and that he that was never an option um, but it does still create this issue of Bayern Munich where there is a coaching management vacancy and as I discussed before the break um, another disappointing result over the weekend for Tottenham Hotspur with a 1-1 draw um, in uh, against uh, Sheffield United at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium look I, I, I would be absolutely gobsmacked if uh, Mauricio Pochettino was still at Tottenham uh, come the new year and I have to think he is their man for Bayern Munich I mean he's the right guy he's the right profile he fits uh, we're going to get to the hipster TNT thing by the way in a little bit but uh, he he fits the profile of what they're looking for young technical um, uh, players manager
1: what do you think Kartik yeah what my understanding is uh, from talking to some people uh, that that know German football and some people actually that are close to Bayern Munich, Raminigay, Honus, uh, Uli Honus, they love uh, what they've seen from Pochettino, Um, his energy, the style of football, the technical side, the way he communicates with his players. Uh, I think he is their choice. Now, what I also understand is they're willing to wait till the summer or whenever he gets the sack. They're not... Going to necessarily buy him out of the Spurs contract. No, and I don't think they point. need to because they're <laughs> under
0: some some decent stewardship in the meantime. And but look, I mean, yeah. you know, the the other thing you're not mentioning about Pochettino is, I mean, look at the situation with an owner like Daniel Levy. Uh, and I'm going to say yeah. this, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure people are going to disagree with me, but <clears throat> as difficult as Daniel Levy can be, I think Mauricio Pochettino has handled himself. With the owner with a great deal of class and velvet gloves. Yeah. And I think that also speaks volumes to guys like Karl Heinz and Early Hernas.
1: Yeah. No, and and that's the kind of guy they want. Uh, they had problems uh with Pep Guardiola because Gordiola always spoke out, even though obviously Byron won every won everything while he was there. Um uh, they, they, they they want someone who's a lot more uh, respectful of the hierarchy and leadership at a club and Daniel Levy is very difficult we saw his constant clashes with with Harry Redknapp yeah um, Pochettino has had similar issues with the lack of spending I think the but lack of spending But, but is he's always back down extended. you know
0: I mean he's always yeah, he's, he's back, always back down, down is, right
1: What what I'm about to say, though, I think if if you didn't listen to us Monday, I mentioned it on Monday, I believe Spurs have some significant spending restrictions on them because of cost overruns with that stadium. I don't have any proof of that, but it's just a hunch I have. Uh, And it's based largely on. Um, the way that the PSL thing for personal seat licenses thing uh, shook down with them opening that stadium nine months late and how Arsenal spending was restricted for a number of years. Speaking of Arsene Wenger, because of the opening of the Emirates the move from hybrid to the Emirates. I think this is a move Pochettino is going to make. It looks like Bayern has the reason why Bayern, uh, sack Kovac and then just elevated an interim manager and uh, let him take the the match against Dortmund, which he won. The Der Klassiker is apparently they're waiting for Pochettino and I they're love willing it to though. wait till the summer. Um, maybe yeah. he'll be available before then. He might get sacked before then.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, I love this about Bayern Munich. I mean, this is one of these yep.
1: great things.
0: I mean, look, Bayern Munich are a legendary club, uh, and and they they just take such a long view to everything, Kartik. I mean they're not panicking right now that they're not top of the Bundesliga. There's no panic going yeah. on. They're not panicking that they have fired their manager and and you know and they, because they know they're like okay this wasn't working. We're not going to keep him around because it, you know because it's obviously not working, the chemistry's not there, this isn't a good fit. But rather than just jump into bed with the nearest big name, this is the guy we want. We're just going to we're going to put in a nice steady hand. So we probably, we may not, we may not win the league this year. You know, uh, yeah. we'll survive. But for the long-term for the club, we've got to find the right guy. And it, it, it's, a, it's a different approach.
1: Yeah, it is a different approach. They did get burnt the last time they did this, though. Uh, I think they were waiting for Tomas Tuchel. That's uh, right. They thought, uh, right after they sacked Echelotti around the same point in the season, they thought he would take the job there. Uh, PSG realized that they needed to uh, to make a move uh, to get Tuchel, so they fired Unai Emery pre- kind of prematurely. Although, <laughs> well, actually, based on what Emery yeah, doing at Arsenal, right. maybe it say. was the right move. Yeah, probably but it was they the They right fired Emery because yeah. they knew Byron wanted Tuchel, so they said we better yeah. we better grab him first. Yeah. sometimes it works this way. This is why Brendan Rodgers was sacked at Liverpool. My theory is they thought Mourinho uh, or Wenger would be gone sooner or later at Arsenal and uh, and Chelsea, so uh, they sacked. Rodgers, really without good cause, honestly. Um, and I, I feel so bad for Brendan Rodgers, although now I think Lester's the right fit for him, and Celtic uh, was a great place to rehabilitate. But they did it because they knew they had to get Klopp before the next guy did. That's what PSG did with Tuchel uh, to beat Bayern to him. So Bayern can't be too conservative in waiting for Pochettino, but I think they probably signaled to Pochettino and Pochettino's you think, agent, yeah. you're our guy, just uh, stay put. When you're ready to move, we'll take you.
0: Well, speaking of moving, let's uh, change the subject here for a minute. Neymar not moving now, staying at PSG. Uh, Barcelona, I think, has gotten tired of this game, and uh, I think the return on Neymar is not worth the cost. So that's interesting to me
1: because how old is Neymar now, 27, 28? Yeah, he's 27 or 28. He's, he's now past that point, you know, I what's mean, the point how, of – uh, being he's not going to get any better and he, and he's, he's not Messi or Ronaldo yeah. so he's not he's not going to maintain his standard or even Zlatan. he's not one of those guys he's not going to maintain his standard a really high standard that much past the age of 30. It's not It's not like uh, Messi who can do amazing things as we saw this past Saturday, even at the age of 32, 33, and we see it from Ronaldo. We, we talked about Zlatan earlier. Neymar does not have the same DNA as those guys, okay? I, I don't care you. how talented he is. He doesn't have the same mindset as those guys. I, I He might be back in Brazil in, in, in two or three seasons, honestly. I just think he's a lot of trouble. I
0: think, you know, and I think there comes a time when, you know, if you take a big fish out of a small pond of of Liga 1, uh, you know, and I know obviously he was a Barcelona in Spain. I know that. But, I mean, look at the team he was on. Look at the people around him for crying out loud. I mean, um, yeah, you you may be right, but Neymar not leaving. That's not going to happen in January. He's staying where he is. Uh, so that story has gone the way of the dodo. But look, let's talk about managers in England because, you know, when I start thinking uh, Kartik, um I tell you what, before we get to managers in England, let's get back to TNT for a minute because we are running out of time here. We're kind of all over the place today. So that's fine. That's a fun show. Look, I hated the Bleacher Report Champions League coverage, Kartik. I think TNT didn't care about history, didn't care about, the gravitas that these that this tournament had, they said we need to make this fresh and young and millennial, and we need to have some guys with big hair and big teeth and you know young guys, and then put throw in Steve Nash because everybody knows this guy. Not saying Steve Nash doesn't know anything about soccer, by the way, at all, but I hated it. I mean, the match coverage was fine. Okay, I mean, if you wanted them watching the match itself, I think they just took the regular feed that was provided to them. But the shoulder programming was awful. The analysis was terrible. Um, it was just awful. And, of course, the Bleacher Report platform, uh, what, 10 bucks a month? is what i pay for that yeah. to see the champions league games and they really no, and, only- and you only uh,
1: got the champions league with that yeah. so let l- let me let me mention this you don't get anything else with it so if you said hey i want to watch i don't know if there's a, maybe a tennis tournament or something on bleacher report live or, or whatever other sports they have um, that wasn't included in it it's not like cbs all access which is 599 and you get everything or 999 right? or without Plus, commercials it. and you get
0: star yeah. trek discovery if you're a nerd like me
1: and ESPN Plus, five ninety nine for everything. Bleacher Great Report deal. was one yeah. of the biggest ripoffs going.
0: Yeah, and um, and the platform sucked. And by the way, I heard, um was it you and Chris talking about this on on World Soccer Talk? Ice Cream Planet. Was that you? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually know yeah. Ice Cream Planet very well. Neil babich is the president there. They, they've since I was working with them back in two thousand three. Uh, they they helped develop our World Series of Poker technology that we use, and we did the live World Series of Poker stuff. Um, you know, they are a digital rights management company. That's really what they specialized in, and quite frankly, that streaming platform has not been that successful. I think there's no better better example of that than when they had the big Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson uh, golf event. It crashed.
1: Yeah. Well, that was uh, uh, that was the most... Uh, glaring thing about Bleacher Report. They couldn't handle the high volume of traffic. And we'd already seen some of that in the Champions League that year, that season, uh, leading up to the Woods-Mickelson Thanksgiving uh, showdown. So uh, it it just wasn't a a good platform. And uh, CBS does a very good job of the things they cover, Uh, SEC football, NCAA basketball, with an emphasis uh, uh, heavily on on Big Ten and ACC uh, games. They do a good job. Uh, with uh, the other sports they've covered, golf. They have a good chunk of uh, – golf is basically split between them and NBC. They uh, they do a good job with their golf coverage, always have with the Masters, going back to uh, the days of Pat Summerall calling uh, the 18th hole at the Masters. So I think they'll do a good job with this property. I, I, I should say in the interest of full disclosure, I think if you go on Twitter or on one of the social media platforms, you'll see me calling a game for CBS. I called a couple of games for them right. when they had the NASL writes a few years ago, um, top class production, but I, they do a lot of their work out of my area. Fort Lauderdale is one of their uh, studio locations uh, and cbssports.com. Uh, a lot of it's not out of uh, here in Fort Lauderdale. They have a lot of access to soccer talent uh, between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. We have a lot of media here. Univision uh, BN is based in Miami. Obviously I just mentioned CBS sports. Uh, Telemundo is based here. So, the number of people who commentate on soccer that live in this area, uh, there are a lot that you can pick from, the Ray Hudson's of the world, the Jeremy St. Louis, um, the uh, Chris Whittingham's, etc., etc. Thomas Rongan. I think they will find uh, – uh, and even, you know, uh, Kay Murray's no longer here and Matteo yeah. Benetti, but uh you know, you know what I, and Kyle and others, they you know, will find some good talent. I would love to see – this is what I would love to see. Uh, shoulder
0: programming pregame, I would love to see a – collection of players and look i, I will say I, i'm not the biggest fan of some of the stuff nbc's doing but i quite like their studio crew okay who is it kyle martino is okay and they've got two else do they have they have uh um uh where did you go kartik i think i lost you are you there oh no no i'm here i'm here okay uh who's the nbc crew uh, for the premier league games i don't kyle martino
1: true. robbie earl robbie robbie, robbie, musto. Yeah, robbie musto yeah robbie
0: musto robbie or kyle martino
1: I I kind of like that
0: smattering. I mean, the one thing I'll give Carlo Martino credit for is his producers really get him well versed in the history of the game uh, and 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 you know what these teams have done over the years. Uh, it's a good crew. I'd like to see them do something similar to that in the Champions League, but make it more of an inter- a European, international European type of crew, not just English. Do an English, do a French, yeah. do a Spanish, you know, have someone from Spain, England, France, former players. Get um, Rude Hoolid on. Get rude someone Hoolid like Hoolid that. would that. be awesome. Klinsmann. Yeah, right. Jürgen Klinsmann. Yeah. These, th- th- that would be interesting to me, but I think CBS will do it. I- I'm really hopeful and I'm just really, really thankful that the Bleacher Report nightmare is over. The worst, most ill-conceived concept that there was yet. All right, uh, Um, we're about out of time, Kartik. When we come back, I guess I'll get your final thoughts since I didn't let you speak just now because I said we have to go to break. So when we come back, (laughs) we'll get Kartik's final thought. We'll wrap it up here on Fifth Street Soccer. All right, we'll make that quick because we just got uh,
1: two and a half minutes left. Kartik, final thought. Yeah, I'm really excited about the idea of CVS. broadcasting the Champions League I also think this might mean a greater commitment to soccer for them for them another uh, network interested in the sport another network now bidding on rights uh, obviously the Serial package is up in a couple of years uh, the Bundesliga has just moved to ESPN La Liga is at BN but we don't know what the future of BN is there could be a sub license I understand a source tells me that there is an out in that contract for La Liga if certain thresholds aren't met. Maybe CBS gets in that game. I just think this is very good for soccer in the U.S., that one of the major networks. We saw what well, NBC did with the Premier League. Well, they've right? also picked Now up, another major network getting involved. Right,
0: but they've also picked up the Europa League, and they picked up this other sort of Europa sub-league they
1: have. Well, I yeah, what it's the new competition. Yeah. I forgot what
0: but, it's called. But it's good. I mean, look, I like CBS All Access. It's a great platform. It's a good price. Uh, CBS has, you know... Uh, is what Viacom, right? So I mean, they're going to have like yeah. uh, they've got a lot of cable channels they can put this out over. Um, I'm excited to see what the plans are. Let's give them a shot because, quite frankly, the, the TNT stuff just just I I literally make a point in my when they on match day to just tune in for the match and just not watch any of the programming.
1: Yeah, um, that that's the way I am. Or quite honestly, I've been watching a lot of the Champions League on Univision. Yeah, that's uh, the other thing, right. Even though my Spanish isn't great, I don't have to listen to the commentary. If I listen to the commentary, I prefer to listen to them than the the clowns in the TNT studio.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, uh, that is going to wrap up the show for us today. Uh, Just a reminder, we're with you Monday through Friday. Uh, That's Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Uh, go ahead and find us on Twitter, at fist Street Sports. Also, I'm at Mick Geber, and he's at KKFLA 737. Uh, until next time, enjoy the games. Have fun. And remember, football is passion. All right, speak to you next time.